Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that explores Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we are discussing episode 17 and 18 of Hou Gong Jin Huan Zhuan, Empresses in the Palace. I feel like we've established quite a bit of the characters, motivations, and the background of this drama that it makes more sense to start combining more episodes together. And although we love talking about this drama, we also recognize that at the pace we're going, it'll take us years to complete the entire analysis of each episode. So hopefully combining these episodes and a few more in the future will help us pick up the pace so that we can move on to other dramas that we want to discuss. Let's start off with episode 17. Huan Bi, Jin Huan's half-sister, and maid is parading around the gardens wearing the clothes that An Linrong gifted Jin Huan. Unfortunately, she is spotted by An Linrong, and of course, An Linrong is irked that Huan Bi, a maid, is wearing something that she gifted Jin Huan. Huan Bi returns and brings some water chestnut sweets for Jin Huan, and also some mu shu fen, or tapioca powder, to make a dessert. This will come into play later in the episode. Jin Huan goes to visit the Empress, and we find out that Jin Huan is frightened of cats. It is Qixi, the seventh day of the seventh month on the lunar calendar. For those of you who don't know, it's essentially Chinese Valentine's Day. There's the usual performances for the holiday with singing and dancing. But what a difference from Princess Wenyi's birthday celebration only a few episodes ago. Shimei Zhuang is not invited, and An Lingrong has come into favor. This time, Jin Huan is not the object of jealousy, but An Lingrong. She has also been promoted to Changzai, which is a first-class female attendant. Jin Huan excuses herself to go for a walk to clear her head because she's a little bit tipsy. She and her headmaid Jin Xi walk over to Tonghua Tai, where Jin Huan runs into none other than the 17th prince, the handsome Guo Junwang, or Yun Li. They talk for quite a while on a range of topics, including flowers to his mother to love. Quite fitting since it is Chinese Valentine's Day or Qixi. The 17th prince Yunli gives Jin Huan some much needed advice about An Lingrong's newfound favor. Jin Huan needs to recognize that this is Hou Gong and she can't get too emotional or sad that she is no longer the primary object of favor of Huang Sheng. These things come and go. He says that it is much safer to share favor from the emperor, and it's much better when the ladies who share the favor are on your own team. Jin Huan thanks him for his words and returns to the banquet, but the festivities are quickly disrupted by the news that Princess Wenyi is sick, and again, Princess Wenyi is Cao Guiren's young daughter. We cut to a brief scene of the sickly Duanfei. In this scene, Duanfei foreshadows a ton about the rest of the series that it actually takes a couple of viewings to capture everything of. Here, Duanfei comments that An Lingrong's voice sounds like a Huang Li, which is a black-named Oriole. And we'll say that this, in episode 17, is the first time that An Lingrong is being described as a Huang Li Niao. Duanfei reveals that she absolutely hates Huafei and was forced to drink saffron, which caused her to lose her ability to have children. 
and cause the decline of her overall health. And we've seen Dwemfei in and out for a couple of episodes, and she's always been very tired, very sickly. And we now find out that this is because of Huafei. Dwemfei wants revenge for the things that Huafei has done to her. And there is only one person in Hougong who can help her do it. And that person is Jin Huan. What's really important is that Dwemfei says, from the first moment I saw Jin Huan's face, I knew that Jin Huan will be able to help me get revenge. So there is something about Jin Huan's face that is important to Dwemfei. We saw this actually in episode one of this entire drama. There's something about Jin Huan's face, but I think it's really nice to see this uh, theme being reinforced, this foreshadowing being reinforced. And we'll see this absolutely later on. The next morning, everyone goes to Huafei's palace because that's where Princess Wenyi is staying right now to look at the princess. Wenyi won't settle down, which is highly suspicious. The imperial doctors come to inspect her food and conclude that there's something wrong with the water chestnut soup. An imperial taste tester comes and says that some tapioca powder was mixed into the water chestnut soup. Tapioca is fine as a powder, but the root is poisonous. As a powder, it's also fine for adults, but harmful to children. This looks like a ploy to poison the princess. Huafei immediately chimes in to agree. They must find the mastermind. The eunuchs from the imperial kitchens answer that only one Guiren's maid requested for the tapioca powder four days ago. Uh-oh. Huafei then summons two other maids who declare that they saw Jin Huan walk towards Huafei's palace during the TC festivities. And this is when she met the 17th prince. It's a one-two punch, and now both Huafei and Cao Guiren accuse Jin Huan for her wickedness for wanting to kill the princess. The emperor Huang Shang asks if anyone else can be her alibi. Jin Huan cannot mention anything about meeting the 17th prince because, as we've mentioned before, it's pretty much forbidden for these two to meet. They need to keep their distance, otherwise Jin Huan could be further punished. She's also actually protecting the 17th prince because if they're found out to have spent time together, he could also be in trouble. With no alibi, the emperor has no choice but to uh, ground Jin Huan until they get to the bottom of this. Huafei is looking mighty smug. All seems lost for Jin Huan, but then... Guanfei swoops in to save the day. She says that Jin Huan was with her that evening. Huafei tries everything to poke holes in this alibi, but nothing works. It doesn't help that the emperor is predisposed to believing Jin Huan. The entire thing is called off when the maids cannot definitively confirm that they saw Jin Huan walk into Huafei's palace. The emperor walks away in a huff and the maids are punished with 80 slaps to the face. Jin Huan is able to walk away scot-free from this entire mess and Huafei is absolutely livid that she did. Away from Huafei's palace, Duanfei catches up to Jin Huan to have a chat with her. Duanfei says some pretty obvious things about how Jin Huan needs to be more careful and about how Duanfei can no longer save Jin Huan another time if something like this were to happen again. Duanfei 
drops some subtle hints here in this conversation, and we need to bookmark what she says because they are important for future episodes. She says that Cao Guiyun shouldn't have had this child. It isn't the right time. What does that mean? At first, Tuan Fei says that Cao Guiyun had a difficult pregnancy and she almost lost a child, but there's definitely more to that. And if you'll recall, it sounds like there have been quite a few miscarriages or、um, issues with childbirth in the in the episode so far. So something must have happened while Cao Guiyun was pregnant or in the process of giving birth. Again, something to keep in mind for future episodes. The episode ends with Hua Fei berating Cao Guiyun for this failed plot. It is quite sad that Cao Guiyun is reduced to using her own daughter as a pawn for Hua Fei. I'm sure no mother actually wants to see this happen. Okay, on to episode 18. That was episode 17. We're looking at episode 18 now. The Empress Huang Hou informs the Emperor Huang Shang that Hua Fei found the culprit. It was a lowly chef that got the water chestnut and tapioca mixed up. What should they do? At this point, everyone in that room knows what happened. Huang Hou wants to set an example and give a warning to Hua Fei, but Huang Shang decides to just let it be. Hua Fei's brother just sent word that he was successful on the battlefield. The emperor cannot punish Hua Fei, or else things might get dicey out on the Western Front. The poor chef is sentenced to death, and that's that. Moving on, we see Huang Shang looking at reports, and Cao Guiyun comes to visit him with a plate of lianzi or lotus seeds. We'll discuss this more because I think it's quite a touching scene and focuses a lot on wordplay. The end result of Cao Guiyun bringing the plate of lianzi or lotus seeds is that she is able to take back her daughter from the care of Hua Fei. Huang Sheng is ultimately annoyed at Hua Fei, but as we've discussed numerous times before, he has to appease her and spend the night with her because her brother is on the front lines defending the empire, so he can't punish her. But he balances his time out with breakfast at Jin Huan's place the next morning. The next morning, Huang Sheng and Jin Huan are eating breakfast, and he's very happy because there's been good news coming in from the front lines. There's a discussion of whether or not Hua Fei should have her power restored, but Jin Huan is able to suggest otherwise and push back this reappointment a couple of months. We've spoken about this before about how Hou Gong is not supposed to discuss politics of Qian Chao, but that always depends on the emperor. He's fine with her suggestions and waves it off、um, as something that he is totally okay with. If this were any other woman, she probably would have already been punished. The best part of this episode is that here, as the emperor is wrapping up eating breakfast with Jin Huan, he notices Huan Bi. She's added more hair decorations and paired her clothing in a jarring and perhaps more gaudy way. I would say the words are more suti. Pink and green is not a good combination, which he says as much, clearly indicating that he Huang Sheng has no interest in Huan Bi, which causes Huan Bi to run out crying. If you couldn't tell, Huan Bi is not a fan favorite. There are lots of comments about how people do not like Huan Bi because she is trying to get the attention of the emperor. 
She thinks that because she is Jin Huan's sister, she should be able to become a concubine as well. And she thinks she is better than An Lingrong. If you look back at previous episodes starting back even in episode 7 or 8, there were definitely snippets here and there where Huang Shang did notice Huan Bi for how similar she looks to Jin Huan, which makes sense because they're sisters. Because of that, Huan Bi is starting to think very highly of herself, perhaps too highly and way above her actual station. Jin Huan is also understandably upset that her own sister is trying to undermine her and surmises that a lot of her recent troubles were due to a mole from her palace. Huafei right now is starting to get an inkling or a feeling that some of her favoritism by the emperor is due to her brother. But her maid is able to convince her that the emperor likes her for her. We as the audience know differently. Given that Jin Huan suspects Huan Bi and Cao Guiren are conspiring against her, she decides to take action and visits Cao Guiren, gifting her all sorts of gifts. Although the most important one is a box of perfume that is very expensive. This scene, in my opinion, is quite exhausting to watch because they're basically saying a whole lot of nothing. Um, I, I really need to learn that skill. It's exhausting to listen to, so I'm sure it's exhausting trying to play this game of pretending to be nice, but ultimately hiding daggers behind everything. Talwarian throws everything away, but keeps the expensive box of perfume. Two lines that are very important here to remember, and again, speaks to the foreshadowing. We hear from Jin Huan that Huang Hou does not like using any type of perfume. This is key. We've heard in a previous episode before where Huang Hou tells a servant not to use Tanmu perfume and instead use fresh fruits and flowers to clear the air because she says anything that is used that is man-made is not as natural as fresh fruits and flowers. There is something about that that is important. The other item to remember is that here, Jinxi discusses about how people who care too much about Ronghua Fu Gui, which ultimately means wealth and riches, will not have a good future. She is discussing Cao Guiren in this instance. So what we see in episode 17 is already saying that Cao Guiren may not have a good future. The end of the episode is quite fun. Jin Huan sets up a trap to lure out not only Hua Fei, but also her half-sister, Huan Bi. Jin Huan lets slip on purpose that she's going to visit Shin Meizhuang, which is strictly forbidden because she is still under house arrest. So we'll see what happens in the next episode. All right, Kathy, let's walk through some analysis. Right. So in these two episodes, um, there's not too much. It was very plot heavy. So today we're going to focus a lot on flowers. We've explained already that flowers are uh, very important to this drama, and they're also very important to Chinese culture in general. In episode 17, we will discuss this flower, Si Yan. Tian Yuhua, or Japanese glory, is the flower that Jin Huan and the 17th prince Guo Junwang Yunli discussed in their evening encounter. Here, the 17th prince discusses the other name of the flower as Si Yan, or Night Beauty. There's, there's actually a bug here. Tian Yuhua's other name is actually Zhou Yan, which means morning beauty. The flower that should be used here is Hulu Hua, or tropical white morning glory. That's what the author actually wrote in the book. 
However, the crew couldn't find any of the white flowers, so they used the purple ones instead, which is the Japanese morning glory. So let's just pretend that it is C-yen, or supposed to be the white morning glory, even though it's currently purple. And C-yen is the name of that white flower. That's the name that's important here. The name of C-yen actually comes from the Japanese book, The Tales of Genji. The story goes that C-yen, or the Lady of the Evening Faces, was a beautiful woman. She came from a respectful family, but fell on hard times after her parents died. She caught the eye of the young Genji, and they had an affair. Unfortunately, she dies at the young age of 19 after she is possessed by spirit. The flower Siyan has the reputation of being a bo minghua or an unfortunate flower because of its short life. And it kind of is reflected from the story that the woman died at such a young age. Jin Huan and the 17th prince have a pretty deep conversation about this and what it means to live in Hougong. The 17th prince tries to console Jin Huan and to point out that she shouldn't get too emotionally attached in this place. Well, this is a drama. Something will definitely happen between the two of them. There's good chemistry. At least he looks better than Huang Sheng. The flower of Si Yan will come up later again in the series, so keep that in mind. And this, um, whether we like it or not, sort of represents uh, their relationship. Not only their relationship, but life in Hougong as well. One of the reasons why uh, Jin Huan feels so strongly about Si Yan is also because she can be a little bit sensitive and emotional, is that she recognized that favor and affection within Hougong is very short-lived, just like this flower, and just like people, young women who are booming or short-lived. Something else I want to highlight here and uh, is the contrast between this Xi'an flower and the flower that Huangsheng gifts her when she returns back to the banquet. The moment that uh, Zhen Huan comes back, she is gifted with Ziweihua. Huangsheng is like, why are you looking at Xi'an? I have a couple of uh, these Ziweihua that were gifted to me. I will send them over or I have sent them over. Now, Ziweihua is very, very different from Xi'an. There is quite a famous saying where it says, which basically just means that there is a quite a famous saying that says that flowers don't bloom for more than 100 days. But basically, this poem is saying, who says that? Because Ziwei flowers can bloom for almost half a year. The way is something that is more um, talks about love in a longer sense. So I don't know if Huangsheng, what Huangsheng ultimately is trying to say with these Hua, but I think it was a very interesting contrast. All right. In episode 18, let's talk about Lianzi. Cao Guiyun brings a plate of Lianzi to Huangsheng to eat, and there is quite an inter- interesting discussion. Lianzi, or lotus seeds, are actually very common in Chinese cuisine and are a staple of Chinese medicine. You add it primarily in soups or kanji, and you can also add them as a paste to various types of pastries, such as mooncakes. 
Lotus seeds are little white oval shapes um, and are generally actually quite bitter. At least I personally don't like eating them a lot because when they're in soup, like they, they add this taste of bitterness, especially when the lianxin or the center, the pit is still there. I think it's more like accurately called the ter- uh, the germ, but more of what we just say is the lianxin. So whenever I have lianxin in soups, I actually just eat around them. In this scene, Cao Guiren brings this plate of lotus seeds, which is then used to discuss her daughter, Wenyi, who is still in the poor care of Huafei. She mentions that she removed the lianxin or the core of the lotus seed, which is the most bitter. The emperor is very smart, and he knows what she is talking about. Her lianzi jixin. Lianzi can mean lotus seeds, but change the first word to another lian, and it means pity, sympathy, or tender love. Here, he's talking about Cao Guren's motherly love for her daughter. Another plan words is that ku can mean bitter in terms of flavoring, but also the same word is used to mean difficulty or hardship, as in xinku. I think it's very clever for Cao Guren to bring over a plate of lianzi in order to convey the hardships and difficulty that she is um, having because she is seeing her daughter suffer. And it's very clear that Huang Sheng also sees how poorly Huafei is treating Wenyi. So that's why he allows Cao Guiren to take back her daughter. In this discussion, Huang Sheng also brings up Wenli Huangdi and his concubine Jing Fei, who used her children as bait in order to gain favor by Wenli Emperor. There isn't a whole lot of consequence to the story other than um, that it sets a historical precedence for some of the terrible things that Huafei has done in the current time. Wenli was an emperor in the previous dynasty, the Ming dynasty, and actually has quite a poor reputation. He loved his drink and his women and didn't do a whole lot of governing. And quite a lot of historians say that the downfall of the Ming dynasty started with this guy because he was in power for quite a few years. He was the longest reigned emperor in the Ming dynasty and basically did not do a whole lot of governing. And also gave a lot of power to his eunuchs, which caused more issues down the line. So the decline of the Ming dynasty and the rise of the Qing dynasty can be attributed to this lovely person. Well, with that, I think that's pretty much all we wanted to discuss today for these two episodes. We'll see how Huafei reacts to the trap that Jin Huan has set for her in the next episode. Jin Huan is now on the offensive. Because she has to be. Currently, she's just taking the punches and um, she needs to let Huafei know that uh, she is not this timid cat that can be pushed around. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to having you with us in the next episode. Also, please share this with any of your friends who might be interested in this analysis or discussion of this drama.